What's up, everyone, and welcome back to the Game of Thrones season here on Cinematic Views. As always, I'm your host, Chris, and this is the show about all things movie and TV. Every week, I give my thoughts and reactions to the newest releases, beloved franchises like Game of Thrones, and even upcoming projects. You can, of course, support the show by hitting that follow button on your favorite podcast service, as well as following it on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. All those handles can be found on the Cinematic Reviews Facebook page or the show's website at podpage.com backslash Cinematic Reviews. It helps out a lot, and I really do appreciate all the love and support out there from everyone. Today, we return to Westeros for the next chapter of the hit HBO series, which is based on the acclaimed novels by George R.R. Martin. I am super excited to break down another five episodes of one of my favorite shows ever. So let's kick things off with some more facts about season five of Game of Thrones. Season five consisted of another 10 episodes that aired on HBO from April 12th, 2015 to June 14th, 2015. It was shot in five countries on 151 sets for 240 days with 166 cast members, over 1,000 crew members, and more than 5,000 extras. Two huts were constructed for the flashback sequence in the season's opening scene. One was built in a forest for the exterior shots, and the other was built in a studio for the interior shots. This allowed the crew to have a better control of the weather elements. It took about four hours to place the prosthetics onto the faces and shoulders of the Valerian stone men. Dorne was filmed in Spain, while the Stonemen attack was filmed in Northern Ireland, and every face mold that was used on the show was placed in the Hall of Faces, with both of the show's creators also being a part of the Hall as well. Well, that's all the facts I have for you today on Part 1 of Season 5. Let's get to my overall thoughts of the season, and then moving into the season breakdown. Part one of season five is another wild and awesome ride. Every season just keeps getting better and better. That's why Game of Thrones is one of the greatest shows of all time. It keeps setting the bar higher and higher with each season. Jon Snow is chosen as Lord Commander. Sansa is married off yet again, this time to the psychotic Ramsay Bolton. Daenerys is feeling pressure from the Sons of the Harpy. And Arya is training to become no one. Now Sansa getting passed around like a bucket of popcorn is really really heartbreaking she just can't catch a break in this story plus she has to deal with Littlefinger's creepiness on top of all that he's such a piece of shit in this show but Aiden Gillen is incredible in this role I remember first seeing him in Shanghai Nights as the antagonist to Jackie Chan and Owen Wilson if you've seen that film Littlefinger will be the role that he is best known for I think uh, however Jon Snow becoming Lord Commander was an awesome moment. He is now in charge, and Alistair Thorne has to accept it, which he does, at least for now. I still don't trust him, never have, never will. Daenerys has her own betrayal that she's dealing with. With Jorah exiled, she's a bit shorthanded when the Sons of the Harpy start to steer up some chaos for the Queen. Sir Barrison dying was a real heartbreaker. Uh, he's such a badass character, and he'll be greatly missed. Uh, in the rest of the series. Arya is also slowly becoming the badass that she will be remembered for. I love that there is still a lot of mystery behind Jockin, uh, even though we've known him for a couple of seasons now. The set pieces, the costumes, cinematography, the violent sex, and of course the story are all incredible 
uh, as always in this season. Uh, and the cast keeps blowing us away with every episode. Kit Harrington kills it as Jon Snow. Peter Dinklage is a fan favorite uh, as Tyrion Lannister. Sophie Turner's Sansa Stark has become one of my favorites uh, during this rewatch for the show. And Amelia Clark is just phenomenal as Daenerys Targaryen. We're 45 episodes in, and I haven't been bored once. I've felt every other emotion, though. Hope, heartbreak, fear, joy, anger. I felt all those at some point or multiple times throughout the series so far, but never boredom. There is never a dull moment in this show. I'm excited for another season breakdown, so let's take a quick break before diving deeper uh, into season five with part one. On the next new release reaction, it's another double feature. Check out my reaction to both Shazam! Fury of the Gods and Scream 6. Both are out now, so head over to your local theater to see the next chapter of these two franchises and then listen to the reaction episode only on Cinemac Reviews. It's time for another season breakdown. Uh, we have uh, episodes 1 through 5 of season 5 of Game of Thrones. So kicking off things, we have episode one, which is titled The Wars to Come. Uh, I'll be covering standout scenes, favorite quotes, favorite character, least favorite character, and then any burning questions or negatives that I had with the episode. So starting off with standout scenes. First one I have is the Unsullied Soldier uh, getting his throat cut by the Son of Harpy. Uh, this was a awesome scene. Uh, I love the, the, uh, the makeup effects that went into the actual cutting of the throat. Um, it was it is really interesting to see uh, these unsullied in the brothels, um, and it's a huge question that a lot of people have. And Marine uh, was turns out that these unsullied soldiers aren't going for sex; they are going for more of a motherly comfort uh, type of uh, arrangement with the uh, the prostitutes in the brothels. Um, turns out though that the one uh, unsullied soldier that we see. Uh, just unfortunately gets his throat cut during this. Uh, uh, one of the prostitutes in the brothel is uh, is a supporter of the Sons of the Harpy. So we, we see her kind of comforting the Unsullied. And then out of nowhere, Son of the Harpy comes in and slits his throat. It was a gruesome way to start off the episode. But it was really, really well done uh, from every angle of it. So great way to start off the season. Next scene I have is Robin's uh, quote-unquote sword training. I was, I don't know if we would call this training. He was basically getting his ass handed to him, and it was really pathetic. It, it makes me hate the character even more. Um, this is, was a great way to show how mothered he was. You know, he was a sheltered child because of his mother, Eliza, was just babying him the entire time. I mean, the dude is like... 12 or 13 or even 14 i can't remember for sure but the kid can't even fight like he can't even defend himself he's he's weak he's pathetic and it's just i like this scene because it really shows um what happens to children if you baby them too much if you mother them too much you know smother them shelter them whatever you want to call it it's this was a and i mean no personal attack on the actor i think he did a great job at portraying this character which is was written to be a really pathetic character. Um, it's just really sad to see uh, the what happens when when you meet a sheltered child like Robin Aaron. The next thing I have is Daenerys uh, visiting a chained up Rhaegar and Viserion. 
Uh, these are two of her three dragons. Uh, Drogon, I guess, is uh, running a wild out into the world, uh, kind of doing his own thing. Uh, as we saw at the end of season four, um, Drogon, unfortunately, burned alive one of the uh, the citizens of Marine's daughter. So Daenerys was forced to chain up Rhaegal and Berserian in uh, the crypts below with Drogon running around uh, by himself. Uh, really heartbreaking scene. Uh, Emilia Clark, like I keep saying, is phenomenal. Uh, it, she really did a great job with this scene in particular where she's a saddened mother who is forced to uh, chain up her children. Um, and as you can tell, when she goes down there to visit them, they are really pissed off at her, which is totally understandable. I mean, she chained them up in the darkness. Uh, the special effects were really awesome. Uh, I love the design of all the dragons. Um, just a great scene to watch. Then we have Brienne starting to give up on her mission and the world. This is a really heartbreaking scene because as we've seen throughout these episodes, Brienne is probably one of the loyalist characters in the show next to like Podrick. Um, and it's really in Gwendolyn Christie is, is incredible as Brienne. And she does a really nice job in this uh, scene where she's the world has just beaten her down to where she's just she can't keep going on no matter how loyal and how strong she is. She's just she's sick of the world chewing her up and spitting her out, even though she is so loyal to her oath to Catelyn and to Renly and to Jamie that it's just it's really heartbreaking to see the character essentially defeated because of all the the bullshit that's going on in Westeros right now. Then the last scene I have of the episode is the Night's Watch burning Mance Raider alive. This is a crazy scene. Um, so they order Mance Raider to die um, by fire uh, because he refuses to essentially surrender and join their ranks with Stannis. Um, of course, him being as loyal to his people says, no, I won't be joining you. We are free folk. We will do whatever we want, which forces John's hand in ordering him to be burned alive. Um, but as we see throughout this, this sequence, John is disgusted by this and decides to shove an arrow right into Mance Raider's heart as he's burning alive uh, and giving him a quick death, which is going to cause some problems later on uh, in this season. So we'll have to keep an eye on that. But really great scene. Um, the actor who plays Mance Raider did an awesome job at uh, emulating how painful the fucking fire would be. I can't imagine the smell and the pain that would go into being burned alive like that. So awesome, awesome scene. Favorite quotes. Um, we have a couple here. The first one I have is, the future is shit, just like the past. This is Tyrion to Venerys. Uh, Tyrion speaking the truth again. I, I totally agree with this quote here. All the good lords are dead and the rest are monsters. This is Brienne talking to Podrick on how she's basically defeated by the bullshit in Westeros going right now. Again, never been a truer statement ever. Uh, she's right. I mean, we have the Boltons who are pieces of shit. We have the Lannisters who are pieces of shit. Um, the Greyjoys are pieces of shit. Like there are only monsters in this world. All the good lords died when Ned Stark died. So awesome quote. I believe men with talent have a part to play in the war to come. This is Vener Varys talking to Tyrion. Uh, essentially, he's 
admitting that he sees potential in Tyrion to reshape Westeros and make it a better kingdom. Um, awesome quote. Then the last one I have, they're going to burn you. Uh, this is from John and Mance replies, bad way to go. I mean, I can't think of another worse way to go to being burned alive slowly like he did. So, and I love his reaction too when he, uh, when he finds out that they're going to burn him alive. He's just like, oh shit, this is going to suck, but I'm going to take it like a man. So great quotes. Favorite quick character. It's got to be Podrick. Uh, I love Podrick Payne. He is really loyal to Brienne. Um, I just, he's such a lovable character and uh, I love seeing him pop up throughout this series. And then least favorite character, of course, has got to be Robin. He's just a really pathetic and sad character that will not amount to anything in this show. And it's really, really sad to see the character turn out like this, being such a pathetic weakling uh, who is supposed to be the Lord of the Vale. But he just, just really pathetic. That's the best word I can come up with to describe Robin Aaron is just pathetic. Moving on to episode two. The episode is titled The House of Black and White. Uh, the first standout scene I have is Arya arriving at the House of Black and White. Uh, I love the set piece here of the building, uh, along with the rest of Bravos. Bravos is an incredibly well-designed city. Uh, as we see at the beginning, we get Arya on the boat, and we get that shot of the huge soldier up as kind of like the gate into Bravos, and they go underneath. It was really cool how they designed this uh, this city. Uh, but I for but specifically, I love the shot of Arya standing in front of the House of Black and White with the uh, with the doors, the one on the left being black and the one on the right being white. It was just a really, really awesome shot to see. Then we have Brienne and Podrick running into Sansa and Littlefinger. Um, Brienne and Podrick are taking a break in this kind of tavern place. Um, Podrick uh, spots Sansa and Littlefinger. Uh, Brienne tries to explain Sansa that she's here uh, by the orders of uh, her mother, Lady Catelyn, but then Littlefinger, being the piece of shit that he is, starts to notice that Brienne is wearing Lannister armor along with Oathkeeper, which was made uh, by the Lannister's men. Uh, so he kind of throws Brienne under the bus like a real piece of shit, like I said, that he is. Uh, and Sansa being loyal to Littlefinger right now uh, doesn't trust Brienne or Podrick, and she kind of shoves them off. And it's really unfortunate because us as an audience, we know that Sansa will be much better if she would have gone with Brienne and Podrick versus being with Littlefinger. But seeing, knowing what Sansa becomes later on in the show, um, she kind of had to go through this journey with Littlefinger in order to become the strong independent character that she will be. Uh, when we get to like season seven and eight and uh, and and so on, so awesome way to start uh, this chase scene, which is probably my favorite of the episode. We get Brandon Podrick uh, being chased by Littlefinger's uh, men of the Vale. Uh, we get some quick action sequences with Brienne just hacking them down like they're nothing. Uh, Podrick. We get that funny sequence of Podrick throwing the rock at the soldier and completely missing it. But then Brienne comes and saves him. Uh, awesome moment. Uh, I love the action uh, in this episode, specifically Gwendolyn Christie, who is just 
incredible as Brienne, and she you can tell that she really, really uh, took the choreography seriously when it comes to the fighting. So excellent job by Gwendolyn. Then we have the Night's Watch picking a new Lord Commander. Um, it's Jon Snow, Alistair Thorne, and then I can't remember who the third guy is. Uh, he is one of the, he's probably the oldest member of the Night's Watch. Um, but these three are been nominated to become the next Lord of Commander. Um, then the process goes on of them voting, uh, each with their own shaped dial. Um, and then it comes down to a tie, which forces Maester Aemon to make the pick himself. And of course, he picks Jon Snow as the new Lord Commander. So that was a really awesome scene to, to see how the Night's Watch um, picks their Lord Commanders uh, in the process of it. It was really cool. Then we have Jockin revealing himself to Arya. I love this scene because we get that cool effect of how he's able to become different people. You know, he... he for most of the episode, we see him as this older man walking around Bravos following Arya, but turns out that it's Jockin underneath. So he gets he pulls the face off and we get that cool effect of the face coming off of him and it's revealed to be Jockin. So that won't be the last time we see that cool face off effect. So really excited to see more of that. Then the last scene I have is the riots breaking out after Dario executes the free boy. Who uh, so if you remember the boy was uh, was a former slave who is now kind of on Daenerys's council in a way he's kind of the bridge between her and the people of Marine. Um, well, they end up capturing one of the sons of Harpy to question him and torture him, but the slave boy being really really angry with how the sons of the Harpy are treating the people, uh, he takes it upon himself and kills him, but. Fortunately, this forces Daenerys' hand into serving out justice and executing this kid that she calls a supporter. Um, we get that awesome shot of all the crowds, both masters and former slaves together. Um, then Daenerys orders Dario to chop off the boy's head in front of everyone. When he does that, we get that crazy uh, hissing from uh, the, the former slaves as a sign of them disagreeing with Daenerys's uh, decision to kill the boy and chaos just breaks out. Uh, and Dario, Miss um, Sunday, Daenerys, and Seberistan uh, and all of them have to retreat back into the temple. So is this a crazy sequence to watch? Favorite quotes? Uh, first one's from Braun, Jamie fucking Lannister. Uh, I love Braun, one of my favorite characters ever. She should, uh, she should offer up her cunt. Best part of her for the best part of me. This, of course, is Tyrion talking about uh, how Cersei wants his head. <laughs> Great line there. You're the queen mother, nothing more. This is uh, Kevin Lannister, who is the brother of Tywin Lannister. He is now on the King's Council due to Tywin being killed by Tyrion at the end of last episode, season. Um, he's not wrong. I mean, with Tommen and Marjorie now married, or going to be married, uh, they... Cersei is just the Queen Mother. She's not Queen. She's just the Queen Mother, nothing more. And you can tell by 
uh, Cersei's face that she does not like being reminded of that. So great way to kind of like put Cersei in her place by her uncle. And then the last one I have is no one. And that is what a girl must become. This is Jockin talking to Arya about her future here in Bravos. I love how she, he refers to her as girl. Um, just a really cool uh, little characteristic of the character as he refers to people in certain ways. So favorite character of the episode. It's got to be Bran. I mean, she's a badass during that uh, chase sequence in the forest with the men of the veil. She does everything she can to keep her oath to Lady Catelyn when she talks to Sansa. And it's just heartbreaking that Littlefinger just throws her under the bus like that um, when she just really, really wants to protect the Starks. Um, so she is definitely my favorite character of this episode and probably this season. Uh, she has a lot to do in the coming seasons. and I'm really excited to see more of her. Least favorite character, it's got to be Littlefinger. Uh, he, I can't stress this enough. He is just a piece of shit, creepy-ass motherfucker in this season uh, and the show overall. And it's just him throwing under the bus, Brienne under the bus like that was just a dick move. Um, he clearly wants Sansa for himself out of personal gain. Um, and it's just it's creepy and weird and wrong and just fucked up. So least favorite character for sure next up is episode three this episode is titled high sparrow uh the first thing i've seen i have is jockin giving the man water from the pool inside the house of black and white uh really weird scene um it took me a couple of rewatches to understand this one so basically what jockin is doing is he's giving these people the water from the pool in order to kill them and then they clean up their bodies and they take their face for the uh for the wall the hall of faces which they use to become anyone that they want in the world um it's a really weird scene we find more and more what's actually going on in the house of black and white uh throughout this season and then the next season so it was i remember first watching this scene and just being completely confused by what the hell is going on. But after like the third or fourth time through this show, you start to really realize that Jockin is killing these people with this uh, pool of water that has got some kind of poison, I would assume, or some kind of element in there that kills them quickly and painlessly in order for him to take their face and use it in the Hall of Faces, which we will see later on. Um, so just, a great way to kind of show us the weird shit that's going on uh, with Jockin and the rest of the people here. Then we have Tommen and Marjorie in bed together. Uh, I put this scene in on the list because I just really love the chemistry between Tommen and Marjorie. Uh, you could tell that they really are affectionate to each other. They respect each other. They are infatuated with each other. So it was cool to just for a moment in this show to get a scene like this where two characters are in bed together who I wouldn't say are in love with each other, but they definitely have chemistry or some kind of connection to each other out of respect and infatuation. So it was nice to just get away from the bullshit in the world and to see two characters living in the moment of just them 
uh, and just being real with one another. So it was a really beautiful scene. Uh, I might be overanalyzing the fact that they just, this scene was only in here to basically show that they fucked. Um, But that's just how I see it. I see a beautiful scene between two characters living in the moment. Um, And I mean, Natalie Dormer, who plays Marjorie, is fucking beautiful as hell. So, I mean, you can't can't blame the Tommen for wanting to go six rounds with her every night. Uh, so, just <laughs> awesome scene there. Sansa finding out that she will marry Ramsay. Uh, this is a shocking moment. Um, I remember when I first saw this scene, uh, when it aired, going, what the fuck is, are they thinking? Like what little finger obviously is up to something. Um, Ramsey is one of the worst people. He's probably arguably worse than Joffrey, uh, which is saying a whole lot because Joffrey was a real creepy piece of shit who was psychotic and out of his mind. Ramsey is on a whole nother level. So the fact that she went from Joffrey to Tyrion to now Ramsey is just what a track record that is. That, that just sucks. So, and you get Sophie Turner's reaction, which is incredible, where she is just outraged by the fact that she has been married to two Lannisters, and now she has to marry a Bolton, who is the bastard son of the guy that killed his mother and his her brother. Uh, it's just a really heartbreaking moment to see the character just be completely torn torn down by the fact that she has to marry the son of the enemy that destroyed her family so heartbreaking moment then we have Arya hiding needle instead of putting it into the water um great scene here where she's throwing her clothes away to kind of show that she is not Arya anymore she has to become no one but we get that touching moment of her holding needle and kind of tearing up a little bit because john gave it to her as a gift you know a man who is basically her brother gave her the sword and she has to throw it away and forget about it, but she can't. So she buries it underneath some rocks um, for a later date. Uh, so I thought that was a really touching moment there. Then we have John executing Jonas. Uh, love this scene. I'm really glad that this piece of shit is dead. Um, even until, so we get the, uh, so we get the first meeting that John holds as Lord Commander. He's handing out duties. Um, we get that cool moment where he's talking about building a new latrine. We kind of get that look from Thorn, like John is going to fuck me over and make me create this latrine. But he jokingly says uh, to um, to someone else to uh, do a different job. And then we get John ordering Jonas to go off to another castle. Um, and he doesn't like it. He is terrified. He doesn't believe that John is his uh, his Lord Commander. So he's basically on the verge of AWOL. Um, so John has to order him to die for betraying his vows and his loyalty to Lord Commander. Um, and then we get this shot of Jonas finally putting his head on the execution slab. And just being the pathetic loser that he is, he's begging, he's crying, he's admitting that he was afraid, and John is just sick of his shit, 
and just hacks his fucking head off. And that's the end of it. Glad that character is fucking gone. Then we have the High Septon is walking through the King's Landing naked. Um, this is not the first time we're going to see this. Um, this is kind of a ridiculous scene, but I get a kick out of it every time. The fact that they strip you naked and make you walk through King's Landing is... That's, that's fucked up. I mean, yeah, the High Septon was in a brothel and he... And he's committing adultery and sin and all that. But that's brutal to be stripped completely naked and walk through King's Landing, having to show your fucking junk out everywhere. It's it's really degrading, but I mean, these sparrows are fucking nuts. Um, they're these religious fanatics who want to rid sin out of King's Landing and they do shit like this if you uh, sin. So it was, just, it was a crazy scene, seeing this naked old guy walking through King's Landing and looking, having everyone look at his junk for fornicating in a brothel. So crazy, crazy scene. Then the last one I have is Jorah kidnapping Tyrion. Uh, it was great to see Jorah back. Yeah, he's broken and he's alone and he's really mad at himself portraying Daenerys like that um then he kind of takes it upon himself to kidnap Tyrion who he recognizes in that brothel and commits to this uh, journey to bring Tyrion back to Daenerys in order to uh get back into her good graces and to clear his name so that was a, I remember watching that uh the, on Sunday when it came out and just being like, holy shit. Like when he, when he captures uh, Tyrion while he's taking a piss off that ledge and, uh, and takes him away. I was like, holy shit, this is about to get wild. Uh, so it was awesome to rewatch that scene. First quote I have is I'm proud to be your squire. This is Podrick talking to Brienne. Gotta love Podrick. He is so loyal. Uh, him and Brienne have such a really cool chemistry together. So awesome seeing him. As long as the Boltons rule the North, the North will suffer. This is Davos uh, speaking the truth yet again. Uh, the Boltons are basically destroying the North right now uh, as Warden of the North. So it's cool to see that even Davos understands how fucking savage the Boltons are. The North remembers. This is the old lady talking to Sansa when she arrives at Winterfell. Uh, I love that saying. Uh, the North remembers. We'll be hearing that a lot throughout these seasons. Brian seems like a good job for a ginger. This is John during that little meeting that I was talking about where he gives uh, Jonas the uh, the job to go out to the other castle. We get that cool shot of... Uh, John talking about how they need to finally build a latrine and he's kind of looking at Thorne and Thorne's kind of like, oh, great. He's going to make me fucking do this. And then, nope, John pulls a fast one and says, Brian, you're going to do it. Thorne kind of has a sigh of relief, like, oh, shit, maybe he maybe he's going to be an OK Lord Commander. Maybe I should just, you know, play the part, follow along. But then Jonas, being a fucking idiot, has to go up against uh, John and it costs him his head. Uh, which is the next quote, 
quote here where he's on the execution slab and he goes, I've always been afraid. And you get that look in John's face like, I know that's why I'm going to kill you because I can't do, handle weak men on my watch. So, and then he, it's even better luck to suck a dwarf's cock. This is uh, Tyrion arriving to the brothel. Uh, we get that moment where the, the, I think he's a guard or a bouncer of the brothel uh, is there and he rubs and he says that rubbing a dwarf's head is good luck. And then, of course, Tyrion being Tyrion replies back, it's even better luck to suck a dwarf's cock. And the guy's kind of like shocked, like he doesn't know what to say in this moment. And he just lets Tyrion and Varys go into the brothel. <laughs> this is a funny, funny scene there. Uh, which leads me to the favorite character, which is Tyrion. Tyrion is just... Peter Dinklage is so good. I can't praise him enough in this Tyrion Lannister role. It's He's just so good. I mean, he get lines like this where he says it's even better luck to suck a dwarf's cock. It's, and then you get that moment in the brothel where he meets uh, one of the prostitutes there who is seen at, who's portrayed as not the most beautiful uh of the uh of the of the group of women there in the brothel uh, and then we get Tyrion who is ready to just unleash all the stress and he can't he uh he he tells her that he is shocked but he he can't do it he has he doesn't he's just not hard he's not he hasn't risen you know he's he, he just can't get it up, uh, and he's shocked, and it was a really powerful moment uh, for this character that we've seen who's just constantly drinking and having sex and partying and fornicating, and he's in this moment, he can't do it. He There's like a realization or something that he just he doesn't want to uh, be that man anymore. He's kind of changing, so he is my favorite character of this episode. And then least favorite is, of course, Jonas. Uh, kind of like Robin, Aaron, he's just a weak, pathetic person who deserves to die and be put out of their misery so that we don't have to watch them anymore. Next, we have episode four. This episode is titled Sons of the Harpy. Uh, the first standout scene I have is the sparrows causing mayhem, including taking Sir Lawrence. This is a crazy sequence. So we get the sparrows uh, going around King's Landing, snatching up all these sinners, including Sir Lawrence. Uh, for all their fornicating and mischievous acts uh, throughout King's Landing. Just a wild, wild scene uh, as we kind of get to know these sparrows and what their mission is. Uh, crazy scene. Then we have Melisandre seducing John, which is a... I'm not going to lie. It's kind of a fucking hot scene where she is, you know, she's... On taking her robe, opening up her robe. I mean, we all, if you've seen the show, you know Melisandre is a beautiful, beautiful woman. Um, and it's just a pleasure anytime she's on screen. Uh, and her, and the fact that she's trying to seduce John is freaking wild. I mean, there's even moments there where he's kind of thinking about it. And the whole time you're like, come on, John, you have a vow, you can't be messing around with this witch you know because she's a witch um and you're still devoted to ingrid uh so john being probably one of the most purest characters in the show uh breaks through that temptation and says nope uh, i have a vow 
I am the Lord Commander of the Night's Watch. I cannot delve into the pleasures of the flesh, um, which is really impressive because I'm sure most of us, if not all of us, would have gave in to that temptation. Because like I said, Melisandre is a beautiful, beautiful woman uh, who is just casting the spell of her beauty onto everybody. Um, so it's just a really powerful, powerful moment for the Jon Snow character as he is kind of portrayed throughout this series as one of the purest characters of the world. So then we have Braun and Jamie fighting the Dornish soldiers. Uh, great action sequence here. Uh, we get Jamie, who's still kind of learning how to use the one hand during combat. Braun is just annihilating these guys. Uh, like they're nothing being the badass that he is. It was just a great, great action sequence. Then we have the Sand Sisters, who are the daughters of Oberyn. Uh, Martell, who unfortunately was killed last season against the Mountain. Uh, these are the three sisters that uh, will become a big, big part uh, later on in the season. Um, they're basically um, plotting to take over Dorne for themselves and to assassinate Oberyn's brother, who is now who is the king of Dorne, um, they see him as this weak, pathetic leader that needs to be put out of his misery in order for Dorne to thrive and for them to kind of enact their revenge on the Lannisters uh, for killing Oberyn. So these are great characters, and I'm excited to see them more throughout this show. Then the last one we have is Sir Barristan and Grey Worm bleeding out after a harpy attack. Um, another great action sequence. I love seeing Sir Barristan fighting. Uh, if you remember, uh, before he was exiled from King's Landing, you get that line where he says, I could carve you all like a piece of cake. And we finally get to see him kind of in action where he's carving these harpies like a piece of cake. It was awesome to uh, to watch that again. Uh, he's Him and Grey Worm are just badasses and they they take every every stab that they receive like a boss and unfortunately they are left to die uh after this massacre in this little uh this little room in, in the city so awesome action sequence there got a couple of quotes here uh one from braun your niece uh this is him kind of questioning jamie as jamie says we need to go get my niece and and it's baffling that Jamie, after all these episodes, is still trying to convince people that he is their uncle and not their father. I mean, even Braun is calling him on his bullshit. Like, really? You're still playing the niece card? Come on, dude. I know that she's your daughter. So, great line there. Then we have from Melisandre. There's only one great war, life against death. This is her talking to Stannis' daughter um, about... Reality, basically, and religion and all that. And she, how Melisandre believes in only one war. That is the war between life and death. Um, just awesome line there. And then we have a shocking line here from Melisandre to Jon. You know nothing, Jon Snow. And it makes you wonder, like, how the fuck does she know that line? Like, she is something's off with this and it startles john to hear it say those exact words that egret always said to him and it was just a powerful moment there 
especially with Egret dying last season and now Melisandre speaking her last words to John that it's just an awesome way to kind of show John that there is something going on with this Melisandre person. Favorite character, it's Sir Barristan for sure. Uh, he's such a badass in this episode with him taking on all those harpies and then unfortunately being killed and dying. Uh, he will be greatly missed. Least favorite character is the Sparrows. Uh, these religious nut job extremists are just, I mean, as much as I hate the Lannisters and King's Landing and that hellhole, um, the Sparrows I just find really annoying and just psychotic religious extremists who uh, need to all just die, honestly. So, least favorite for sure. And then finally, we have episode five. This last episode is titled Kill the Boy. Uh, the first standout scene I have is Daenerys burning the head of each house of the the, ma the masters of Marine for killing Barristan and the Unsullied. Um, love the effect of the fire. Um, love the CGI of the dragons and all that. So it's an awesome scene to watch. Uh, it's just fucking brutal. I can't imagine the pain of dragon's fire just consuming your body. It was a crazy scene. Then we have Sansa visiting the tower where Bran fell. A beautiful moment here where she's back home in Winterfell. And, of course, she wants to uh, visit the tower where Bran fell from. And it kind of kick-started this entire show. We also have Sansa discovering Reek, a.k.a. Theon, in the kennels. Another powerful moment of these two characters uh, seeing each other after all this time. Uh, the first thing out of Reek's mouth is, you shouldn't be here. Um, so he's kind of, you can tell he's kind of still trying to give off the vibes that he cares about Sansa, like a brother and sister relationship. And Sansa is just disgusted of him. She's pissed off at him. She's surprised to see him still alive. So it was a great moment to see these characters reunited. Then we have Ramsey acting out at dinner. Um, perfect scene to show how fucking nuts and psychotic Ramsey is. Uh, he's showboating Reek around as a servant for dinner. He's being a complete ass towards Sansa where he tells Reek that he's going to give away Sansa at the wedding since her brother and her father are dead. He's the closest thing she has to family left. So she, he will give her away, which is a totally fucked up thing to do. Um, and we got uh, Lord Bolton, who is just sick of Ramsey's shit, um, but admits that uh, he does have a part to play. Uh, and they also reveal that uh, Lord Bolton and his wife are pregnant, uh, which uh, starts to turn the gears in Ramsey's head like, oh, shit, I'm going to lose my place as uh, the heir to the Warden of the North. But, of course, uh, Roose Bolton uh, assures Ramsey that no matter if it's a boy or a girl, uh, he is his oldest son and next in line. But we all know how that is. Blood kind of over... Blood and marriage kind of overrule a lot of things. So with... Uh, Bruce Bolton's actual son, who isn't a bastard, he's kind of got more of a right to become the heir of the Warden of the North. So 
We'll have to see the outcome of that. And then we have Jorah and Tyrion being attacked by the Stoneman. Um, love the design of the Stoneman. They're creepy. Um, they're really wild. And it's just, this was an awesome little action sequence as well as they're, they're fighting off these guys in a boat. Um, and they can't touch you because if you touch you, that's how they, they spread the, uh, the grayscale to you. Uh, even just a poke of the finger, um, which we see happen to Jorah. Uh, we get the reveal of the last shot of the episode where he moves his shirt down and we get the shot of the grayscale growing on his wrist there. And we're all like, fuck, Jorah is completely screwed now. So I only have two quotes here. The first is kill the boy, Jon Snow. Uh, this is Maester Eamon talking to Jon. This is where the title of the episode comes from. Uh, he wants him to kill the boy and become the man that he's destined to be. Um, great moment there. And then the next one we have is, I'm afraid I never see again Miss Sunday from Narth. This is Grey Worm admitting that he's basically in love with Miss Sunday. Uh, when he was bleeding out uh, from the attack of the Harpies, there was only one thing he thought about, and that was I would never get to see my beloved Miss Sunday. And this is a very, very powerful moment between these two characters. That we've grown to love. Um, we love their relationship, their interactions. And it was really cool to get this moment where they both have basically uh, admitted to each other that they love each other, even though that Grey Worm isn't unsullied. Uh, so awesome moment there. Favorite characters got to be Sansa. I mean, seeing her back in King Winterfell was awesome. Um, the shit she had to go through during dinner and realizing Theon is still alive and visiting the tower where her brother Bran fell. Uh, just, I really love Sophie Turner in this show. Um, I've fallen in love with the Sansa Stark character and I am rooting for her uh, for the rest of these seasons. So Sansa, definitely my favorite of this episode. And then least favorite is gotta be Ramsey Bolton. Real piece of shit the way he was acting at dinner and his stupid idea of having Reek give away Sansa. It was he's just a terrible psychotic uh villain who uh hopefully meets his end in a bloody bloody way. So looking forward to that. That is it for today's season breakdown. Uh next week uh we will be I'll be breaking down uh the last five episodes of season five and then we'll be jumping into my favorite season, season six. So excited for all of that. Well, that's going to do it for this week's Game of Thrones episode. Like I said, tune in next week for the breakdown of episodes 6 through 10 of season 5. Also, check out new release reactions every week on the show. Uh, on the next episode, I'll be reacting to both Shazam! Fury of the Gods and Scream 6, which are both in theaters right now. So check out uh, those at your local theater and then come back uh, for my reaction episode on them. Later, everyone.